Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed exactly as it is. Therapist Megan Devine wrote the text for a beautiful little video called How to Support a Friend Going Through a Difficult Time. So what do we do about all the pain we see in the world, she asks. Giving people advice, trying to cheer them up, telling them to be strong and persevere doesn't actually help. What helps? is for someone to be able to say, this hurts, and not to be talked out of it, which doesn't work anyway. What helps is to be heard. It seems counterintuitive, Megan Devine continues, but the way to help someone feel better is to let them be in pain. We don't need to be perfect. We just need to be present. Just be present. Just be. This is true for those giant losses and the ordinary everyday ones. When somebody is struggling, being present makes things better, even when they can't be made right. We want to give advice. But if we give advice, people can feel misunderstood or judged instead of supported. Maybe we're thinking, Look on the bright side. You have two healthy children. Focus on them. You just need to go to a movie and forget everything. I felt really sad once, and acupuncture helped. But we shouldn't say it. We think it's our job to cheer people up, help them, move on. But if we try to cheer them up, they end up defending their feelings, and they'll just stop sharing their feelings with us. We can't heal someone's pain by trying to take it away from them. It is a radical act to let things hurt. It goes against everything we've been taught. But we can learn. Props for engaging. The worst thing we can do is to ignore someone's pain altogether. But what sad people really need is to be sad. When a giant hole opens in someone's life, it's actually much more supportive to acknowledge that hole, acknowledge that things really are as bad as they feel, and let the pain be. We can say, I'm sorry. Tell me more. I hear you. I love you. Just be present.
just be. Educator and activist Parker Palmer's mother was in a nursing home for the last years of her life. Parker and his wife Sharon were told that for a modest monthly fee, the staff would provide some extra services to improve her quality of life, things like hairdos and mani-pedis, reading aloud, concerts, museum trips. They paid gladly, grateful that they could afford it. Now in their late 70s, Parker says, while he and Sharon are experiencing no imminent need for nursing care, their home is, by definition, a two-person residential facility for the aging. Unfortunately, he adds, they often catch themselves offering advice or extra services to improve the other's quality of life. Maybe CBD oil would help your arthritis. Why don't you just take your cane when you go out to get the mail? And one day, responding to one of these well-intentioned but unwelcome tidbits, Parker asked Sharon, could I pay a little less this month? <laughs> the expression stuck, and now, instead of being irritated with each other, they can cheerily ward off unsolicited and unwanted advice by simply asking for a reduction in their nursing home fee. Parker Palmer writes, advice giving comes naturally to our species and it is mostly done with good intent. But in my experience, the driver behind a lot of advice has as much to do with self-interest as interest in the other's needs. It's hard to be present to pain. We want the people we love to feel better and we want to feel better. Last week, he says, I got a call from a man who'd recently been diagnosed with terminal cancer. He'd emailed his bad news to a few family friends, members, friends, one of whom came over right away. How are you feeling, his friend asked. Well, as I said in my email, I'm feeling amazingly at peace with all this. I'm not worried about what lies ahead. And the friend replied, look, you really need to get a second opinion. And you should start exploring complementary medicine. Also, you could sign up for a meditation program, and I know a really good book you should read. Parker asked the man how all that advice had made him feel. I'm sure my friend meant well, he said, but it left me feeling less at peace. In fact, everyone I talk to has advice for me, he continued including a relative who said, I need to join her church before it's too late. What if that friend had simply sat with him and said, how amazing that you're at peace. Tell me more. When my friend's young niece died in a car accident last month, someone called her and said, look, your niece was a good kid. She didn't deserve this. This isn't karma, it's just random. And my friend told me, you know, I was pretty peaceful with what the police had told us, that it was just a terrible accident. It hadn't occurred to me to think that my niece deserved to die. But now, even when we mean well, we can do more harm than good. Parker Palmer writes, imagine that I need support with a serious problem. 
When along comes someone with advanced CPR certification, they never even ask how I'm feeling or what I need. Instead, they just start administering chest compressions and rescue breathing, even though I'm perfectly able to breathe for myself. And now I have another really big problem as I try to fight off the helper who's smothering me. Here comes another absolutely beautiful modeling of what to do when your friend is having a hard time. So Parker asked that man with cancer how he'd been feeling more recently. He answered that he was afraid. And instead of all those things we now know not to do, Parker steered right into the pain. He asked, do you want to talk about your fear? I know this is hard. I know it's scary to climb down into that giant hole in someone else's life with them, especially when you would do anything to make them feel better. But this is how it's done right. They talk, we listen. We can ask a few questions. We listen some more. Be present. Just be. Parker writes, when we finished our conversation, the man told me that some measure of peace had returned. It was a peace that had come from within him, not from anything I had said. I had simply borne witness as he cleared away some rubble that had blocked access to his own soul. Parker Palmer has been both giver and receiver. For most of his life, he's experienced periods of debilitating clinical depression. He writes, the people who tried to support me had good intentions, but for the most part, what they did left me feeling more depressed. He continues, some went for the nature cure. Why don't you get outside and enjoy the sunshine and fresh air? Everything is blooming, and it's such a beautiful day. When you're depressed, he says, you know intellectually that it's beautiful out there, but you can't feel a bit of that beauty because your feelings are dead. And being reminded of that gap is depressing. Other would-be helpers tried to spruce up his self-image. Why so down on yourself? You've helped so many people. But when you're depressed, the only voice you can hear is that one that tells you you're a worthless fraud. Those compliments deepened his depression by making him feel that he'd fooled yet another person. Here's the deal. When we make a kind of deep bow to the soul of a suffering person, our respect reinforces the soul's healing resources, the resources that can help the sufferer make it through. During my depression, says Parker, there was one friend who truly helped. With my permission, Bill came to my house every day around 4 o'clock, sat me down in an easy chair, and massaged my feet. He rarely said a word. But somehow he found the one place in my body where I could feel a sense of connection with another person, relieving my awful sense of isolation while bearing silent witness to my condition. 
by offering me this quiet companionship for a couple of months, day in and day out, Bill helped save my life. Unafraid to accompany me in my suffering, he made me less afraid of myself. He was present, simply and fully present in that same way one needs to be at the bedside of a dying person. It's at such a bedside where we finally learn that we have no fix or save to offer those who truly suffer deeply. And yet we have something better, the gift of ourselves in the form of personal presence and attention, the kind that invites the other's soul to show up. American poet Mary Oliver writes, this is the first, the wildest, and the wisest thing I know, that the soul exists and is built entirely out of attentiveness. Beloved spiritual companions, the human soul does not want to be advised or fixed or saved. Just be present. Just be. When we offer quiet companionship, we bear witness, we make a kind of deep bow to the soul of the suffering person, reminding them they are not alone. We can say, I'm so sorry. We can say, do you want to talk? Tell me more. I hear you. I love you. It doesn't make it right, but it can make it better. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.